0: Thunder heavy rain, fill line between joy and pain It's a long strange trip, it's all insane You ain't never gonna be the same Living life through the night, fed a line of the lightning strike Sometimes the only light
1: Alright, good morning everybody It is, I don't even know what time it is It's uh, like 10 something we uh coming to you from the firehouse, sitting in the day room, hanging out, <coughs> seeing what's going on with everybody this week. Uh, I think we're BJ's coming to the end of his uh, stretch.
2: I'm in the middle of it, actually.
1: Uh, yeah, you got one more, don't you? But
2: I'm taking off tomorrow, so I won't. Oh. I won't be around. You lazy. Ass. Yeah. Well, I got other stuff going on. I gotta. I gotta be around
1: for so. Technically me and Gav are starting our our, our Monday reputation. This is our Monday sorta, of, but like the start of your tour. Start, start of my the tour. tour. <laughs> Sounds so cool when you say it, it that way. Your tour of duty. Can't wait. But I've actually I've actually been here. I don't think I've I've had one day off in between. I was here what is today, Sunday? I, was right. yep, Sunday? I was here yesterday. I was here yesterday. I worked. I only worked like Uh, 8 hours so it wasn't like a real shift went and worked it was a fake shift I mean I got paid to be here but he's you're a company man though Uh, I totally am company man (laughs) I'm a I'm a money man is what I am I uh got a got a baby on the way so i'm definitely a money overtime man right now i was here thursday too i I think it was thursday yeah it's here thursday
0: you've been here almost every day
2: four days off so
1: no no i've only been here two i took one day off in between one and the other off you know but making time for the the thin line podcast gotta do yeah it's a it's a great project so we're going to start taking donations or something. Yeah, <laughs> we need to. But welcome, friends. Welcome. To the Thin Line Podcast. And, uh, you yeah, know, most of you guys are just joining us uh, for the first time. Um, we've been getting uh, some more and more listeners, so that's been great, exciting. Uh, people actually, I guess, enjoy hearing what we have to say about some things, uh, or... Or at least maybe listening and criticizing us for what we don't know, but hey. Which is more than we do know. Yeah, we, yeah. I can, I can definitely bullshit quite a bit. So I'm a master of that. Um, but like I said, uh, Thin Light Podcast, we actually, we like to cover things with, the uh, police, fire, EMS, and, uh, military. So, and, and really we just want to, shine more of a positive light on everything. Uh you know, we hear there especially nowadays, everybody's got a something bad, some bad story going on or something terrible happens and all of us are involved and that's kind of uh, I mean that's what we do every day. We we are involved in everybody's worst day. So, you know, in light of that, you know, we wanna we try to take the time out and uh, put the spotlight on some people that are in this uh in the field that are actually doing something positive that you know gets looked over you know you know like we were me and bj and uh, gavin we talk about this all the time actually i mean even when we're if you heard some of the conversations we had that were not recorded you'd be amazed or scared (coughs) or scared (laughs) one of the two or just like sit there and on like I can't believe you guys talk about that and then you know hey you're hungry are you serious <laughs> you just saw that and you're hungry but we'll get into that um, some other time promise um, one of the things we really wanted to kind of touch on today is one of the positive things that we saw that we thought was pretty pretty cool and uh, unless you're living in that area or unless you're Really searching for positive things on the police, which now, in these times, people are not doing. Everybody is looking for um, reason to just, you know, basically look for something else to bash the police on. And, you know, I can understand uh, some people's look on that. It's whatever they want it to be, but we want to look at something positive. uh, From our brothers in blue. Yep, from from them, from those guys that are out there, you know, protecting. On the thin blue line. i tell you what, there's times where I've, you know, considered going that route. And, you know, a lot of people have asked me, because of my background, why didn't I? I, Sometimes I'm really glad I didn't, because man, you know, you think we go into situations not knowing what's going on or what can happen, you know, they can go on something that could be what's routine for them and you know, they might not make it home that night, you know, those somebody can pull a weapon on you at any time and the fact that you are a cop puts a target on you so you know, they're making next to, next to nothing to be out there and like like with our field is, you know you gotta have a love for it, so These guys get big props from me uh, every time. So, one of the stories that I thought was really cool was uh, in San Bruno, actually. And I actually asked BJ, I was like, is this San Bernardino? You know, me being as worldly as I am. It's San Bruno. San Bruno, California. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's two officers that actually recently got a recognized for valor i thought that was really cool uh one of them was officer harper and a corporal valente and sorry if i'm not pronouncing that correctly but i'm fairly certain it's right but then again i think i'm always right we did have an argument over it prior to this recording that's true it was so we'll just give you the benefit of the doubt and say you're right yeah, whatever keeps the medic shut up, right? That's right. Okay. So, um but BJ actually is the one that brought that to my brought to my attention. So BJ do not you tell me a little bit about the uh Harper and Bluente situation? Uh what was what? I think Harper was the one that went out to uh like a what was it? It was like a kayaker or something like that. What was the situation? Uh, yeah,
2: Officer Harper was out. I believe he's out on a trip with his family, some of his family members, and a kayaker became distressed out in a river that they were uh, they were recreating on, and he swam out there with uh, I think some of his family members uh, against some pretty good currents and rescued this individual and was able to bring him back to the shore and you know take care of them keep them from uh you know ultimately drowning or getting lost underneath the current out there so that was that was pretty cool um then you got corporal valente
1: well that was the one that now valente was the one that did Stabbered it was a,
2: uh, artery
1: yeah stabbing yeah there was somebody there was a a victim was stabbed, mm-hmm. and he actually—he
2: threw a, a threw a cat tourniquet on.
1: That's what it was. Okay. Yep, ah, oh, the good old cat.
2: Yep, the cat, the combat uh, combat action tourniquet. He uh, threw that on and saved this individual's life. Um. So, he got
1: uh, now the re- now for those that don't know what that the reason why that is... is. That tourniquet, he applied it because it actually, the the person that stabbed this victim had, uh, had, they say, and of course they say severed an artery, um, probably nicked the artery pretty good, and he, uh, applied that tourniquet to stop the bleeding long enough, uh, to get them, you know, the, the appropriate care to get the, get the bust there.
2: Yeah, and uh, back to Officer Harper, um, we just got a a few more details on that story. Um, Officer Harper, he actually went out, this kayaker was stranded, uh, pinned up against a log in some really fast-moving current, and he went out there and freed this kayaker with a pocket knife in that current and was able to then get swim against that current and get that individual back to the shore so Props for him. fantastic oh yeah that's absolutely amazing. That's fantastic work by uh by both those guys and they got they received distinguished medals from uh from their police department recognizing them for their uh their heroic acts their uh their selfless acts in those in those uh, situations
1: that's pretty amazing oh it's you? it's awesome i mean you you go out there and swim against a current and, you know, I mean, anybody who's ever swam against any kind of current, but imagine, you know, a river with much stronger current and actually towing somebody upstream, you know, to save that person's life. Yep. That's pretty amazing right there in itself. And in and the uh,
0: age where police are looked at as the bad guys and they continue to go
1: out and do their job. Yep. Right. Yeah. Under under such great scrutiny, and that's
2: the thing. Police officers they've got to deal with the they've got to deal with everybody else's garbage, everybody else's bad day, you know, and that's just something that most people don't do. That's why it's such a thin line group of people. Um, <laughs> I I was reading last night another about another officer. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember what his name was and uh, what department he was affiliated with. But this dude, in three years, he's had two saves with a cat tourniquet as a police officer. He had one uh, three years ago, and I believe that was a shooting. It was a domestic or something. He got there, and this individual had a severed femoral I was which get ready to guess. I oh, yeah. guess the femoral he was shot in the leg severed femoral and for those of you those of you who do not know that's one of those wounds that will absolutely kill you in... Two, a minute or two minutes, and
1: for all the criminals out there that think that shooting somebody below the waist gets you attempted manslaughter versus attempted murder, trust me, if you you will hit the femoral artery, they bleed out in a matter of minutes and die. It's uh, it's like, fast. It's fast. It's real fast. So just so, remember, you know, go a little lower. Yeah, <laughs> like Tib Fib, something like
2: that. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, this officer, he he had a. He absolutely saved that individual's life with his actions of getting that fast tourniquet on there. Um, And then just recently, an elderly woman, I say elderly, I I believe she was an elderly woman, she's at a shopping center. (laughs) No, she's at a shopping center. She gets out of her car, and they're unsure. The story I read, they didn't have definite facts on whether she left it in drive, what happened, but the bottom line is, she got out of her car, her car moved forward, and drove over her. So, drove over her right leg and her right arm. And she had a venous bleed in her right arm. Like a, a steady, not an arterial bleed where it's the pressurized part of your blood system, but it's a steady flow of blood, and if you don't control a bleed from a vein, it will kill you, just like a arterial bleed can kill you.
1: Much slower, though.
2: Yeah, slower, but it can still be really bad. So, this officer gets on scene, and stabilizes the scene, and tourniquets this woman up, and his actions, uh, the doctors attributed his actions with potentially saving that limb. So saving the woman's use of her arm. Right. So, just fantastic. Uh, And the thing is, is, we haven't really talked about this much, but if you are a police officer out there or in the fire EMS field, military field, whatever, and you carry a tourniquet on you, you have probably had some training on it. You probably went through an initial familiarization with it but if you don't train with your tool with your gear then when it comes time to use it in that really high stress situation your fine motor skills are going to be diminished your your focus is going to be a lot more narrow and you might struggle to get that tourniquet on yourself or on your partner in the middle of a shootout or in mass
0: casualty. Yeah, in
2: a mass casualty situation or, you know, pretty hot situation. So, we just we want to encourage everybody that if you have a tourniquet and you carry if you carry a tourniquet with you or in your kit, get it out this week, make sure that it's all squared away, make sure it's ready to just pull the velcro, pop it apart and throw it on for self-application or application to your buddy. Because it might, you you don't know, it might save your life, it might save your partner's life, or uh, innocent, you know, Ran innocent victim this week.
1: You might save their life this week. And that's, and I think that goes for uh, every, <clears throat> every field. Um, you know, I've got an ambulance full of different things that you gotta stay on top of, and trained on, and the thing is, a lot of times, you know, there are certain things that you don't use certain regions of the country, you're seeing a lot of the same or close to the same types of runs, uh, in our region of the country, you know, COPDers, breathers, uh, MIs, heart attacks, and unfortunately heroin overdoses or overdoses in general, but mainly heroin overdoses, we see that a lot. So everything that goes with that is basically I could do it pretty much in my sleep but what happens on those runs of things that we haven't seen you're presented with something out of the norm and and you gotta you know that's where i say you know you gotta really stay up on on your equipment on your training i mean we have to in fire EMS. we have scheduled trainings uh, that we have to do we have continuing education hours that we have to do we have practical training that we have to do i mean Everything is to keep us on on top of our game to the best of our possibility, but also it goes with the individual. you know there everybody knows that you're sitting in the classroom doing a, a an audit and review or you're sitting in the classroom, doing continuing ed, and a lot of times you shrug it off because you know you already know this, you've already been trained on this or this never presents itself in this situation, you become complacent, yep. and that's where you know it, take a little extra time go through your through your equipment uh see what you do and don't know are you proficient with it do you look at your equipment and know that yes I can do this if I absolutely had to or do you sit there and look at that and go man I hope I never have to use this cuz I've only used it you know x amount of times or I've never used it so just my little psa right there is and we call what we call those Low frequency,
2: high criticality events. Yes. Where it's something that we will, we might see once or twice in our career, you know, or once or twice a year. But when it does happen, when we are presented with that situation, it is absolutely critical to the outcome that we do everything right, right. that we do every, that we perform well. And, uh, and that's we got a supplement. It's it's called low-frequency, high-criticality because it's absolutely critical, but it almost never happens. So we've got to fill in the, the gap there
1: and bridge the gap with drills, with training. And that's what a lot of people in just the community itself, something that they may not know, um, some of the people, some of the websites that allow us to post our podcast on it do know because they're in the field is that even when we are not on the clock, even when we're not working, we still have training that we have to do mandated by the state and uh, by the national boards, etc. So a lot goes into the guys that are in police, fire, EMS. In order to stay in that field, one must train... On the clock off the clock you have to there are things that are required of you to do just to be able to stay in that career and in that field and continue to do what you do and provide the service to your community so even times where you see somebody schedule that you have that's a friend that's a, a cop that's a firefighter that's uh ems and they're telling you oh well i'm off this day but I got to go do this. And that's not a rare occurrence. I mean, we there's constantly times where, oh, it's my day off, but you know I'm going to be sitting in a lecture hall going over this. Or I'm going to be doing a practical training that's coming up for the county that is to test your skills so that you're still allowed to practice in that town or in that community, in that county, et cetera, in that state. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm
2: going to a traffic stop class or something, you know, off the clock to make to make yourself a better officer, a better practitioner.
1: Right. Or it's a cert that can help you out. You know, another class that can help out your you know your career or help you know better your resume even and better you as whatever it is in your field. There's all types of classes that just we. Are constantly in that people have don't know that that's what we do um, in all fields all fields are do this uh, there's I have friends that are cops that are on the SWAT team and that that there alone is unreal the scheduling they have to do not only do they have to go and work their normal schedule as an officer but then they have to go out and do schedule trainings of all kinds of different scenarios that potentially may happen but probably won't but the potential is there so therefore they have to be proficient in that and work as a team together so they have to train as a team all the time whenever they can be together so luckily for them a lot of the ones i know at least they work the same shift they put the SWAT officers on a lot on the same shift as just you know officers in the field then they have to go out and trained constantly together and so that's that's one thing that like I really wanted to shine a light on a little bit is every field for people in the community you know to just know is that not only are these people out doing this service for their community but not only that they are going and training and going and staying proficient in what they do in order to provide that service, and also to be allowed to continue to provide that service, and to still provide a living and a lifestyle for their family. Yeah. So it's it takes a lot of behind the scenes. A lot of behind the scenes. That's a great way to put it. There's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that people don't know about. Just to. Stay be able to continue to do what you love to do. I mean, I yeah. love to do it. So, well, and as
0: of everybody else, all we do is sit around. Right, the right. House or sit uh, around police police car, police station.
1: Right, and and that is. A lot of people, and in some, I've had people ask me that. Is So what you're saying is you guys just uh, sit there and basically wait for something to happen and you don't do anything it's like man i I wish it were that simple Uh, i wish i could just sit and do nothing sometimes it'd be really awesome and granted there we have our moments of downtime where you don't have training that you have to do and you've got a couple extra moments of free time i mean that does happen Mm -hmm. but not to the degree of what people think and yeah, that's a whole different story. Um, this is where my tax dollars is going. Yeah, but, No, man. But most Trust people, me. And
2: most people don't realize, yeah. that cop, when they, they come to your house, or that mil- military unit, that is that your, firefighter, can... <laughs> that that EMS service, they may spend 20 minutes affecting your life affecting your whole life mm-hmm. but there was hundreds and thousands of hours thousands. of training that went into the quality of service that you received
1: there was there was like when i put you know i when i went <clears throat> on to further my education and do paramedic thousands of hours went in to training so that I could make it only twenty minutes. Yeah, and that's and that's yeah. Like you, my 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 on scene times are. What I try to I try to keep them down low because I want to get in, treat, transport, get them to where they need to be, and do what I can do in the meantime, and get them to a hospital to more effective treatment. To yeah. you know, depending on what it is. So and thousands and thousands of hours went into training to make it only. 20 minutes of your life and the same with you know and have a and have a good outcome from that and
2: and i would go i would go so far as to say forget 20 minutes that we're in contact with the person really with with whatever you're doing i don't care if it's fire ems police military the first seconds and the first minute of whatever's going on is where everything starts yeah. The the way it starts is the way it's going to finish. So you want a good outcome in whatever your worst day is. The first minute, all those thousands of hours were for that minute, for that for that first five seconds of how they how they got the ball rolling, what they started to do in that incident, in right. that in that shooting that they ran in the building. You know,
1: that's uh, a, that's a what it's bit. all for. Absolutely. And that's you know and that that training and also that, that those thousands of hours also are for our benefit because it is where especially if you're newer or even if you're not newer down the road it, it does happen that training kicks in and takes over when things are looking bleak or things are scaring the shit out of you or things are freaking you out or whatever it is. That's where you fall back on your training. Mm-hmm. All those thousands of hours that you put in, you fall back on that, and it kicks in, and muscle memory kicks yeah. in. Thank God, sometimes. And but you, you fall back to your lowest level of proficiency. Exactly, you fall back to that, and you, you know, move forward. You powered through, and that is why you have done all those hours and hours and hours yep. of training and then experience and et cetera just in. just for those seconds. Just for the first few seconds to minute that yep. gets everything going. So And that's I'd say that's probably across I mean that really is across the board. I mean they
2: say the house they say a structure fire or any mass fire incident, the whole operation is shaped and determined by the first minute to two minutes and what is done by the commanding officer. And it's the uh, same thing with uh, these shooting incidents we're seeing. I mean, when these officers take that first minute to own the scene,
1: and oh, they absolutely. go in and they
2: own the scene, it's a totally different outcome from when they stage, or when when, when it's not, I'll say, as an aggressive and definitive actions or counteractions to what's going on
1: right so and that's and that is one of the, definitely one of those things i mean so that's a little bit of a you know, so can... drill this week <laughs> <laughs> yeah drill I'm...
2: on something this week shoot put a cat tourniquet on yourself make sure the your uh turn make sure your keeper is Velcroed out of the way so you don't have to pull that tab up and then try to put your uh, windlass in that slot when the freaking tab is over it. So
1: basically, (laughs) basically the message is, you know, uh, ask yourself the question, is there anything that I'm not as proficient in as I would like to be? And then address it. None of us are perfect on anything. That's I mean, I am, but <laughs> Paragon
2: syndrome kicking. <laughs> oh my gosh! But but everybody can train, even if you're the best at it. And if you if you're the best at it, you already know this. So I'm not telling you anything new. And that's in, and but, that's in life. Yeah, honestly. life in it doesn't general. Matter,
1: it doesn't matter that you are in the, the field or serving. It. No, if you're the best at something, sure. you know, continue to be the best exactly, and move forward at that and try to
2: stretch yourself
1: because help will help somebody else become better if you see someone else struggling with it or somebody else that's not as proficient and you've got tips you've got knowledge you've got experience spread that on to the next guy and you know raise him up to your level you know there's no such thing as having too many people that are great at something yeah that's,
2: that's i heard a quote it's you should only look down on somebody if you're reaching down to pull them up. Right. Well, the, know? We're,
0: we're so quick in the fire, EMS, police field to mock somebody that messes up. But I don't. What are we <laughs> What are we doing though to help them get better?
1: I, yeah, I, I try because, to help. I try to help you constantly. Well, and yeah. that's the
2: thing. That's yeah. the thing. If they're part of your crew and you're calling them out, it, if it, if you have a subordinate and you're calling them out for something that they're screwing up. What have you done to help them fix that problem? You're just as guilty. Well, that's the thing, you know. If if
1: I've got a subordinate, it depends if I like them or not. <laughs> I mean, what if they're a really big douchebag, uh, <laughs> and you just are hoping that they screw up? Oh, gee. So you can just a whole other. Them.
2: If if yeah. you have a subordinate, as testing <laughs> and as much Easy. patience as it might take. If you aren't trying to help them better themselves, if you're not trying to pass on what you know and what people have passed on to you, because it's through others that you're as good as you are. You know, it's through them helping you.
1: I don't want to go into a situation and you know, have a partner that can't help me. Exactly. Or can't save my ass because... Exactly. I mean... Especially in, um, EMS side, we always say, you know, paramedics save lives, good EMTs save paramedics. <laughs> and yeah. I, I was taught that years ago, um, by this older medic and she's still around. I still see her at another service that I work at all the time. And, uh, uh, she, she. Good Lord, she's got like three or four months left till retirement. She's been doing this forever, and she's been a medic forever. She's actually one of the first female paramedics um, in in state of Kentucky. So uh, her name's Vicki Newton, and she's been around since. If she hears this, you know, sorry. Shout out to Vicki. She's been around since. I think she worked uh, Jesus. <laughs> she worked Jesus. <laughs> no, she's, she is... But she has never had that uh, Paragod Syndrome like a lot of people tend to get. I mean, even in jest, but she never has. And she always has has partnered with less experienced techs, etc., and always brought them up to that level. And that's just something that she always did. And when I was a newer tech, you know, and I, I did, I partnered with her. And she it's the one that actually taught me that quote she was like you know good paramedics save lives and good EMTs save paramedics you learn how to work together and you know what that medic needs before they even need it Mm -hmm. but you also get to a point where you're working at um what is what you can consider a higher level whatever it is i mean you can bls anything let's just be honest here um but a, you know you, you can always
2: be average yeah, but you, you don't have to do anything to be average
1: right no, that's all you I got, strive you
2: for. gotta you gotta grind
1: i just want to try to stand out, out.
2: yeah you but gotta it,
1: grind to stand out you know so with with that though you know i always kind of took that with with me i took that with me because she took the time and kind of instilled that and so you know when i finally get a regular partner because i've only in the field i've actually only had a few Steady partners That have actually been mine Every single time And I always wanted to bring him I've always wanted to bring him up He's laughing right now Because my regular partner Is in the room um, I me feel good about myself I always try to bring him He has somebody he can call his Yeah, that's yeah right. exactly My <laughs> heart flutters around him Oh, gee He feels Sorry. so good <laughs> But that's what I always did, was I always, like, if there's something that they know and I don't, you know, something that they don't know and I do, if there's something that they want knowledge on and I am able to give it to them, then that's what I do. I mean, and you, you
2: know. may be able to learn something from someone else. Oh, yeah. I, that's how I, I wake up every day and I, I try to go into that day thinking I can learn something from I can learn something from everything that happens. I want to be a student today. And I don't care if it's somebody that just started a week ago. I can learn something from them.
1: Well, I always enjoy learning from, like, the newer medics that come out. I like to talk to them and pick their brain because with, you know, especially our field, it's ever-changing. And Oh, yeah, absolutely. they'll, they'll come out with nuances that are just being introduced in their textbooks that haven't been introduced to those in the field yet. And they've got that knowledge and, you know, I like to pick their brain see what they know or see what the new way of addressing something is. Because, like, when I came out, there were some medics that had been out in the field for quite a while and were talking to me about the way I run certain things or the way I treat certain things. That's because that's the newer edition of the book was, you know, is covering that and that's how it is addressed now. And they found that that's a faster or a better way. And they're like, oh, man, this is... How I was taught. Yeah. So that's amazing, and um, that, that, that's why it's important not to be absolute in any of this. Oh gosh, no, you can't be. Don't be absolute. It is everything is always changing. You can't be yeah. absolute in in I mean, this field, especially. Look at look at tourniquets. We already talked about tourniquets
2: today, so we'll go back yeah, to it those again. Tourniquets today. Look at ten years ago, what the thinking was on tourniquet. Oh yeah, no. Per- no, no, they no, kill people! You do not tourniquet. That is a last resort. That is if the world is falling down like, around. Whatever you. their
1: extremity is, It's going to
2: fall yeah, off. Yeah, you're going to You're your going to kill half of that person by tourniqueting them. And there's guys that have had tourniquets on for 18 hours and fine, over and are fine. over in in battle zones because there were so many casualties they just didn't get to that person yeah. until 18 hours later, and then they were like, "Oh crap." There's a tourniquet, and they've still got use of the limb.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: They've still got use of the limb, and then they attribute. You know, you I, we look at all these studies, and uh, they say, "Well, there was very minimal nerve damage." Well, was the nerve damage from the tourniquet being on? I mean, first off, there's say- the bullet
1: shredding yeah. through there. First off, <laughs> they're, they're yeah, saying
2: it's nominal. It's it's very little damage, and they're saying it might have been caused by the tourniquet. But we're talking about a tingling sensation. They've still got their freaking leg. They've still got their arm.
1: Right. Exactly. You know, and that's that's you know that's the thing is because like, it is it's ever changing and tourniquet is like one of the best examples because like when I first started EMS, people are like, "Oh man, you don't use it. it last resort. Mm-hmm. Direct uh, pressure. Direct pressure always. Yeah. Direct pressure. <laughs> and if that doesn't work." Uh try bulky dressing and direct pressure. And if that doesn't work, uh then maybe some maybe it.
2: some hemostatic. But don't use hemostatic agent because that'll catch them on fire. You know? <laughs> <laughs> don't use hemostatic agent because they'll burn alive. And it's like don't use well, the, and
1: don't use this because this uh, brings the devil out of their arm. But right? now we've got all these we, we've it's got, like, is this voodoo? What the fuck? Yeah.
2: So but now we've got hemostatic agent that is impregnated into gauze and mm-hmm. it's fantastic.
1: Oh, it's amazing. It does
2: a fantastic job on stopping blood flow and oh, yeah. for junctional wounds, that's your that's your go-to. Oh yeah. Definitely. Is hemostatic agent mm-hmm. and pressure because oh, sh- that's your that's your options. And it's no longer this. Oh, you're going to catch them on fire. You know, there's been advance the, a lot of advancements in the in the science behind they, it. They
1: took the they made it flame retardant. Yeah, <laughs>
2: there's been advancements in the in the products, and that's what we're saying. No absolutes because what was you know taboo a year, few years ago is now a go to. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, because it's ever changing. Oh you yeah, know, you know, there's so much that's always changing, especially in the medical field. There's always a different approach to every everything, all of our fields. There's, you know, there's different approach that's always on the horizon. There's something else that's going to improve, which I think is great. I mean, granted, it gets a little trying sometimes because you have your mindset, and you're trained in one way, and then it's like, okay, now I have to untrain it and do this. But, you know, it is for the greater good, so you kind of have to look at it that way. And you
2: learn from the way, I mean... You always you can always learn from your past experiences and you can always learn from the old way right you can learn from it as you move on to newer better possibly better things
1: and, and even though and it helps
2: shape it helps shape you as an officer as a firefighter as an operator as a
1: you know whatever your field, whatever you are in whatever it, you're doing you wh- can you can you know the I would say the main thing is just, you know, we've gone off on our own rants and tangents today on on our podcast, but these are things that obviously we're very passionate about and, and speak to us when we talk about them, so... That's that is why we'll go down that road. You know, we're just like this is what we're thinking, this is what we're doing, this is how we feel. We're gonna have moments where we go off on tangents because that's what we feel like doing.
2: Speaking of tangents, do you guys want to talk about windows real quick? Windows and doors on house fires. Windows
0: and doors on house fires.
2: Go ahead. We'll do a we We'll do a few minutes at a little aside here <laughs> from uh, from the track we were kind of taking on this podcast. If you have a structure, a fire oh, in God. your house, yeah. Okay. okay. Let's if give you, a
1: backstory. Let's give a backstory of why we want to address just, Windows. Just a recent, real quick. Kind of brief. We,
2: we well, we, let's not make it too specific because right. we don't want anybody to feel like they did undue harm.
1: And and we're not saying no. These is this, these were citizens. These were these are citizens that were our non-trained fire personnel. These are not firefighters. This is no one even in the field. This is uh, kind of like a PSA. And we read this article and we actually know. Uh, the department that went on this fire so um this it's kind of like a PSA because this were these were citizens that did this and were thinking that they were helping and unfortunately that is not what was happening they weren't really helping the situation so let's the backstory on this is the other night actually I was working I was working with um, somebody somebody's actually on that department. And he works here at PRN. These there was a house fire and these these citizens, this person's neighbors, uh, opened up all the windows on their house because they thought by opening the windows they were helping him breathe. I mean helping
2: let smoke out. Yes, I'm helping, sure it was the line of thinking.
1: There. I think helping the smoke get out of the house, and mm-hmm. Grant, that's that is, you know, that's you know, brave on their part. They're walking up to a burning building with no training at all, um, and trying to help somebody out. So they're going that. That's you know that's there's that little bit of um, bravery that I give them kudos for. But, but. opening the windows. <laughs> On a house that is, it was fully involved when they got there. Um, when which the, uh, it may not been. have
2: been when it first started. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> the Go props, for, to, basic- props to the fire department.
0: They were there within like three minutes of oh, yeah. the call. I mean, it, it was quick. They nothing were, that they was quick. did was any.
1: They put wrong. it down relatively fast too. They put it down pretty fast. Um, but. Uh, the thing is, is on that, uh, opening the windows, um, those of, a lot of you know, because of the the audience that we speak to, you know that we you shouldn't. And they opened up all the windows, and there was a person inside, and unfortunately, that person uh, lost his life. Right. right. And, I mean, it's all over the news. They released who it was, so we're not... Uh, yeah. You know, uh, letting in, divulging any knowledge that nobody else already has. But uh, BJ, I'm gonna let you and Gavin speak on this real quick. Why do we not? Why? So on why
2: it is not a beneficial thing to open up doors and windows on a burning building. Um, just we're gonna go like we're gonna take like a 30,000 foot view of this because we're not gonna get into a long fire science class here. Um, (laughs) yeah, we're not gonna get into pyrolysis and and uh flow patterns and stuff like that. But for the general public, and if you have never heard this before, fire is a pump, it needs an exhaust and an intake. If you close off, intake to a fire, it will stay small or go out. So on a house, if you have a fire in a house, if it's in a room, if it's in two rooms, if it's in three rooms, if you keep the windows shut and the doors shut on that house, that fire will slow down because it does not have it does not have the air it needs to sustain for very long. So if you see your neighbor's house is burning, we're not saying don't check on them. Absolutely yell inside if you can. Check. See if they're you know ne- right near the door needing help getting out the last five feet. But if you start breaking windows and opening up all the doors, you are going to make the fire grow because you're giving it unlimited oxygen. You're giving it exactly what it needs to grow and fires grow. They double in size every one to two minutes, depending on the you know the conditions. So you you're not improving things by opening, propping doors open, opening windows, so on and so forth. Gav, you got anything you want to say about that?
1: Gavin is Gavin is stuck with his nose in his phone right now. <laughs> well, I was reading, I was
0: reading an article uh, from uh, the New York City Fire Department. Uh, the battalion chief was quoted saying years ago you could break a window and it took the fire several minutes to develop or tens of minutes. Uh, now we're learning when you vent that window or the door, the fire is developing in, say, a minute with available oxygen due to newer construction to mm-hmm. the structures, different materials put into the, the furnitures inside the residences.
2: Oh, absolutely. That's the thing. We've got so many hydrocarbons and polymers in the products we have in our houses in the furniture we have that and, and on top of that this efficient these efficient building practices mm-hmm. using these uh, using all these efficient you know eye joist and basically different ways of framing there's it's not that there's glues in it you know it's nothing like that it's just that there's less there there's just less material to burn. I mean, dimensional over the over the last, you know, handful of decades, we've gone from true dimensional lumber to what is now just toothpick frames. Right. And when you have less to burn, it takes le- a lot less time for things to fail, like floors and trusses. It just takes less time. And right. that's why we're seeing flashovers in new construction buildings in 5 minutes. Whereas when you look at old construction and old furniture, you're closer to 20 minutes or 25 minutes before you're reaching flashover stage in a room. That's That's just a, you know, just a 30,000 foot view. Don't feed the pump that is fire. Try to close it off if you can. And, uh, you know, we're not saying lock the doors shut, but we're saying close them, keep them, you know. If you want to keep it open at all, just prop it open a few inches, but cut down on that airflow into that fire.
1: Yes, for the next time you look and see your uh, next neighbor's house or
2: your house burning, yeah. right. right?
0: You had something you wanted to. Yeah, touch
2: on?
1: I uh, wanted to touch on something real quick because um, we're coming to the end of our our bar. Uh, podcast. Uh covered a lot of stuff today. Good lord. Uh, <laughs> good We're uh, pumping away today. That's good morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the uh, Facebook pages, uh, one of the websites that lets us uh, post our podcast is uh, called Firehouses Old and New. It's actually uh, the administrator is Tim Harden and he lets us post. Uh, he enjoys some of our opinions and rants on things i guess um <clears throat> but just a big thanks to him for uh, letting helping us kind of get off the ground and you know get get out there to an audience and you know give us a listen um i i met uh because i always i always tell people this story when they ask you know how did, how'd you meet tim uh i met tim actually and became friends with tim on the absolute worst day of his life um I got it, and uh, Tim, I actually kind of set a little bit of a personal record and a uh, department record, so I was kind of stoked about that, Tim, uh, you if you're listening, uh, you kind of helped me with that, appreciate it, sorry it was on such bad terms, but I got caught, knocked out, I was um, actually fairly far away, uh, what I consider far away, I got knocked out on a chest pain, on uh, a gentleman and I got there and I see I walk into a house and there's all these collectibles these fire truck collectibles there's these ambulance you know these miniature ambulances all these collectibles and I'm looking around like man why is this guy got so much of this stuff and then I go into the bedroom and I see, you know, my patient and cool, clammy, diaphoretic, chest pain, radiating to, I believe it was the left arm. Tim, correct me if I'm wrong. And he starts giving me a report, like giving me report. Like he is, you know, like he's a first (laughs) responder on scene because it turns out. He is a first responder on scene of himself. And he has given me this, you know, the story of what's going on, how long it's been going on. It's radiating. He has taken aspirin. He did not have nitro. I I put a 12 lead on him and do an EKG. And he is having a STEMI. And for those that don't know, that's a ST elevation myocardial infarction. He is having a heart attack. And he is on the bed and bed to the stretcher was kind of confined uh at the time um one of the people there said you know how are you going to get him over luckily tim is not a huge person um thank god tim <laughs> i picked him up and put him just put him on the stretcher i was like we we've got to go we got to get and i Got a line in him, got him in the truck. At the time, my supervisor showed up as well on the scene. Turns out he knows Tim very well. He had been on the fire department with Tim. Um. So I mean, it, you know, it, it took that little bit of that personal turn. I knew he looked familiar to me. I, but I didn't know. I didn't know him at the time. Um. So you know, cut to, you know, follow protocols, treat his chest pain, trans uh, transmit EKG and transport him to hospital, get him in the cath lab pretty quick. And I mean, um we were just really kinda haunted that night. That was one of the you know, we you know, hated that that it happened to him, but we were glad that we were able to just really good turnaround on it. So, so how I met Tim was on the worst day of his life. I had never met this man before. I knew of him. I knew who he was because he was friends with my captain at the time. And that is af- afterwards he, you know, uh, Facebook friend requested me. Oh, that's how everybody makes friends nowadays, I guess. Um, but he found out who I was through my supervisor and thanked me for what I did. And that was amazing because, to me, that was amazing. You know, he was, he he knew, you know, that was the thing is that Tim knows what we go through to be able to do what we do. And Tim knows what all had to transpire to get him to the hospital and get things done that we need to get done. So, you know, when he thanked me, it was, you know, I thought that was great. He, uh, you know, not that it's not great from anyone else. Cause that sounds like I'm being a bit of a dick right now, but
2: it was only great that we got his STEMI. It was only, yeah, it was only <laughs> awesome
1: that his STEMI was great. No, um, but through that, he we became become friends. Uh, I've actually ran on Tim, unfortunately, uh, again after that. And luckily, though, he is doing well now, uh, a lot better than he was that day at least. Um, and he started his uh, Facebook page, and of course, you know, it's pretty interesting if you guys haven't checked it out. It's Firehouses Old and New just some really really just some cool photos um and some backstories on different departments and how they were and what they used to look like and how you know some some of the really old ones um all throughout the country i mean he has guys that just contribute from everywhere but um yeah that's how i became friends with tim i became friends with him on his uh on one of his worst days I was able to help him out and get him where he needed to be and he is still alive and well and so I thought that was really cool because in this field it's rare that we get to follow up and see how they're doing afterwards it's it's few and far between so he is somebody that I've actually developed and formed a friendship with after the fact, and that is actually—that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, we became friends through that. So, you know, we all have stories of hey, I had to respond on a family member, somebody you are a friend that you already knew, yeah, and then you get to see how they're doing later. But I actually didn't really know him before, and developed a friendship with him after, and have kept up with him since, and. He's a really good guy, and he's allowed us to uh, you, help you know use his Facebook page as one of the platforms that we launch off of. And we really appreciate that. And I, don't know, I just thought that would be a really cool story to close on because I plan on posting this, to this page in a minute. So, <laughs> so no, th- uh, just to Tim, thanks, man. I appreciate uh, you supporting the Thin Line podcast and and letting us you know put that out there to some of your guys that are on that page with all the followers you have and hopefully they like what they hear and and uh, good work on your page tim oh yeah definitely man um cool thing he's over he's almost like six thousand strong uh of people that are on his page that keep up and watch so you know really really cool to see and uh so guys that is uh I think we touched on a little bit of everything today. We had a little <laughs> bit of... We were a little long-winded today. That's okay.
2: Long-winded. Yeah. Let us know uh, how you like an hour-long podcast. How you're feeling on it.
1: Yeah, definitely. So. And uh, if you uh, Sometimes we'll be shorter. Sometimes we'll be longer. That's one of the good things about our podcast is it is whatever we make it and whatever time allows for us to make it, honestly. Uh, sometimes, we we like I said, we do record from the firehouse. If we get knocked out on a run, we get knocked out on a run. Sometimes we stop early. Sometimes we come back and pick up where we left off. And sometimes we just keep going because we've been lucky enough to have a little bit longer downtime. So let us know what you think. Uh, hit us up. And
2: uh, awesome work, Officer Harper and Corporal Valente. Yeah, definitely. Keeping, that. The, keeping the line strong and saving lives,
1: doing yeah. what you guys do definitely we uh love seeing stuff like that and we like being able to bring that to you guys to hear about that you know especially in times like this where there's a lot of negative light being shined uh, especially on our uh, pd you know we like being able to bring you guys stories about some some positive things that you know you may not catch that slips through the cracks so definitely awesome job to them so this has been bj gavin and mike we will talk to you guys next week next time kind of whenever we decide <laughs> hope to hear from you though thin line podcast <laughs> See. follow
0: us on uh Podbeam. look us up on uh, facebook yeah the
1: follow there yeah definitely Thin-line guys follow facebook us on page. podcast and uh was it Podbean? Thin yeah, line,
2: yeah and Thinline podcast on uh, Facebook.
1: Yeah, definitely. We
2: just uh, just started that up, so we'll we'll see where it all see where it all goes.
1: All right, awesome guys. Give us a listen. Let us know what you think. Love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Love you.